Hi, I'm Tyler. And I'm Haley. And welcome to The The Cry Cry Club. Club. Okay, welcome back to The Cry Club. This week's episode is all about bad breakups. Before we get started, we have a few housekeeping issues to just go over really quick. The first issue is our audio. Okay, we know that the audio is not perfect. First episode, we're not even going to talk about it, okay? (laughs) It doesn't sound good. Second episode was, we're improving. And then by the third episode, we are recording over Zoom. Last week's episode and this week's episode are both being recorded over Zoom. Tyler's in Arkansas and I'm in Utah. So we're doing the very best we can with audio. If it's bugging you that the quality is not as high as you would like it to be, it is also bugging us and we are working on it and we will get better and better. We promise. Okay, so that's issue number one. And then the other housekeeping thing that I wanted to talk about is just that I was thinking about how we open every single episode by sharing our cries of the week. And I just wanted to do a little disclaimer that if you're not someone who cries a lot, that's okay. And you can still be part of the cry club. I was just feeling like, but what if someone is like, first off, concerned for our mental health because we cry so much. We're, We're good. We're just teary. Also, like if you feel like you don't fit in because wow, these girls are so emotional. You still belong here and we love people who don't cry and people who cry alike. And I can also just cut that whole disclaimer out because that was kind of rambly. <laughs> no, I I was thinking about this yesterday when I was listening to um We Can Do Hard Things, the one that I showed you with Glennon Doyle. And she was talking about how, you know, we're doing an experiment here by talking about all the hard things that we go through in the hopes that it makes them easier. And I feel like that's kind of what we're doing with calling it the cry club. Like it's kind of tongue in cheek, right? Like the idea is maybe if we talk a little bit more about our big emotions, uh, they won't have so much control over our daily life, or we will be able to kind of move through them instead of avoiding them or just trying to get over them. So we're just doing a big experiment over here in the cry club. And so bring your big and small emotions and they have a place here. I also think I didn't actually realize how much I cry until I was like writing them down. See, that's why we need a place, a place to bring the big emotions. That's what the, that's what the club's for. Great. Well, I'm happy to be part of the club. I love this club so much. (laughs) Whoever created it is kind of the best. Yeah. They're like really awesome and cool and stable. We should be friends with them. Okay, Okay, should we get into cries of the week? Yeah, you start us off. Okay, so kind of um, going back to last week's theme about crying, which hopefully everyone made it through that okay since it was a heavier episode, but I started listening to a true crime podcast that is kind of a cousin of the podcast serial. It's called S-Town. It's about this quirky middle-aged man. He lives in a small town in Alabama. He's super lonely. He definitely has mental illness, but he's also, it also happens to be super wealthy and you discover how generous he is to the people that live in this really small town when he doesn't have to be. And I was listening to this on my 
jog this week and because I'm a runner. No, I'm just kidding. That was not supposed to be like a humble brag. <laughs> anyway, when was on my jog this week? No. Um. So anyway, when I just heard that part about him, it just made me so teary on my run. It also could have been because I really needed to go to the bathroom and was trying to get back to the house. But it was mostly because of the podcast and that sweet moment with this man. Um, and now Haley is laughing because I told her that I did, in fact, poop my pants on this run, could not make it home in time. And you can do with that what you'd like. Oh, I'm trying to do a silent laugh because if we laugh at the same time over Zoom, it cuts it out. So sorry for you. So sorry for your pants. It's devastating for both of you. Anyway, okay. Give us your first one, Haley. So my first one is a serious cry. Usually my cries are not super high intensity like I can easily just get up after them and go on with my life um or they're kind of funny like oh my gosh I'm so quirky I just cry at everything um but this one's not a quirky cry it's not a funny cry I cried really hard this week because this was my first week back at school I teach seventh and eighth grade um students with special needs it was our teacher prep week. So I just went into a bunch of meetings and the first meeting of the week, bright and early 8am on Monday morning, I went into my little closet in my room afterwards and just kind of broke down. Honestly, there's so much toxic positivity in the teaching world where everything is romanticized. You know, even the hard parts of teaching are romanticized to be this thing that's so noble and man, you're making such a big difference. And people just love telling stories about these students who were past being able to be reached. And they reached them because they're not like anyone else. And teaching is a calling. And I don't feel positive on the inside. I feel very discouraged. Teaching is just really hard and much harder than I thought it would be. It's just hard to be emotionally available for all these students at all times, um, especially because I work with a very sensitive population. So I don't feel positive. And because I don't feel positive, I feel super guilty. I feel like I'm a terrible teacher, a terrible person. And then in addition to that, people like administration just asks teachers to take on more and more and more. And then if you draw boundaries and you say no, they make you feel like you're a horrible person. This week I was asked to teach Spanish and financial literacy. I'm sorry, what? That's what I said. I'm sorry, what? Because I'm, I'm like, I don't, I'm sorry, like I can't teach those. And I had already said no to being like the student body person, the person who ran the student body office what stuff, which, which I also was guilted for like, and so now I said no to another two things and so they were just kind of being like well you know like most teachers contribute more most teachers do more and so now I'm teaching yearbook in addition to the art class that I teach and which is fine I'm fine with teaching you know yearbook will be okay it has a little bit more to do with what I actually teach but now I yeah so now I'm teaching art life skills and yearbook I'm just doing the best I can so overall anyway that was why I had a pretty hard cry this week because I just I feel like I don't know what I'm doing and I feel like I'm not allowed to be overwhelmed because if I am, I'm a terrible person and there's just not a lot of support. And that's why like literally 80% of the staff this year is new. So my gosh, it just is overwhelming. And that was my first 
cry of the week and it was it's a big one well i have so many feelings about this it's horrible when workplaces do not give their employees the support that they need to be successful and then and then they expect success and then on top of that when you're talking about the success stories that these teachers are sharing with everyone I get that they're trying to be inspirational whatever but most of these stories come from people who have been already they've already done the grind right so it's like in retrospect they're able to wrap everything up in nice wrapping paper and put a bow on it and be like look at this amazing thing that I did and what they're not sharing is all of the pain and hard work and struggle that it took to get there and that's the part that you're in right now right and so when people don't talk about what's really happening and what they're really feeling it doesn't allow us to connect with one another. It doesn't allow us to feel support. And it makes us feel really discouraged because it feels like that nicely wrapped package and silver bow are totally out of the question because that's not what life looks like right now for you. So I'm sorry, but that is the situation that you're in. And it just goes to show how much the institution and administration that you're a part of can play a role in the culture that you're experiencing and how it affects you. Thanks, Ty. I appreciate your support. So my, my cry is a little bit lighter. I just watched, well, I had watched Shit's Creek until about the fifth season. And then I had stopped because we had started watching another show. And then I was having a hard day and I decided I was going to pick it back up again. And Paris and I were having a sleepover. Paris is my sister in her room and she had fallen asleep. And so I was sitting next to her watching it and I, like my stomach was cramping. I was trying to keep my laughs in and then <laughs> it just turned into the laugh cry, which I haven't had in a while. And it felt really, really good. But David just absolutely kills me. I actually have never seen Shit's Creek. My next cry was also watching a TV show. I'm a huge Avatar The Last Airbender fan. It's an amazing show. If you haven't seen it, it'll change your life. And Jacob has never seen it. And we're doing everything that you do when you watch it through the first time. You're taking the quizzes to see which bender you are. Um, this last week we got to that part in season two where Uncle Iroh is like working in that tea shop in Bossing Say, and Uncle Iroh is just literally the best person. And it's that little part in the episode where he's singing Leaves on the Vine and makes that little memorial for his son who died in the war. He's been a rough week for you. It's oh my gosh. That that episode really, really gets you because Uncle Iroh's just going around performing kind acts for all of these people, and he just is being this light. And then you find out at the end, after he does all these things, the whole time he was on his way to make that little memorial for his son. He sings this, it's oh my gosh. I just have to explain. I'm sorry, I'm getting too detail-y with this, but one of the kind things that he does is there's this child who's crying and he cheers him up by singing this like chipper little song. It's like, give us an idea. Well, I, I can't, I actually can't. Cause then I will start crying. Okay, but no, you no. find out later that was the song that he's singing to his son. So when he's singing it to the little boy, it sounds so at peace. Like the words are like little soldier boy, come little soldier boy, that sort of thing. And then later he's singing that at his son's memorial after he's lit the candles and he's looking at his son's pictures and he's crying, saying words like, brave little soldier boy. Like, oh my gosh, I'm... 
Um, I I just literally love Uncle Iroh. And the problem is, is that I can't convince myself he's not a real person. Mm-hmm. So it's just the saddest thing ever. And I actually will cry every time I think about him or that song. And I cried off and on the rest of the night because it kept popping into my head. So, and we're done with cries. We got to move on. Okay, but it's it's sweet when there's, when art has been done so well that it feels that real to us. Should we move on to the the more lighthearted part of our episode? Let's start with Gary to, to break us into the bad breakups. Okay, so we were both first sharing our personal breakup stories before we get into submitted breakup stories. This is a shared stories episode. But first we're talking about our breakups. Gary... <laughs> we were making up an anonymous name for the boy who this story is about because I accidentally wrote his real name on the outline and Tyler came up with Gary that was the first name she thought of so Gary was my friend he was a very good friend we were friends for I think like three years and he was actually the roommate of my ex who the next story is about he had been kind of trying to date me for years. And I'm not saying this as a way to try and sound like super stuck up or anything. Because that's, I, I feel like sometimes that sounds that way. But like he was trying so hard to date me for years. But he was. And eventually, my therapist basically encouraged me. Because I was kind of talking about how I was like, I don't know, like, there's just nothing new in my life. Like, I'm kind of bored. And my therapist at the time was like, well, are there things like opportunities that you could be going for that you've said no to that you won't go for? And I was like, um, not really, but I was just thinking about that. And then later on, I thought about him and I was like, well, he's been like asking for a really long time. And I've been like saying no, because haven't been that into it. And also it was like, I was like, I just am not willing to mess up this friend group because it was a house full of guys that I was friends with. Mm -hmm. So I didn't even want to like try because there was another guy in the house who was like my best friend at the time who that would have made my relationship and his relationship really complicated also. Do you remember that Mm -hmm. whole thing? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh So I took my therapist's advice and I went up to Gary and I was like, hey, like I've been thinking and I think like we could start hanging out more one-on-one, do one-on-one stuff, like maybe spend some time together to see if like, to like test the waters of even seeing if like we wanted to go out on a real date type of a thing. Cause I just had never really let myself hang out with him one-on-one because I was like, didn't want to give him any ideas. So he was like sweet and he rushes over and he kisses me on the mouth and it was nothing to call home about. Let's just say that. Anyway, we go downstairs and we start watching a movie. I don't know. He's kind of trying to cuddle me. I'm not really sure. But after a while, he like definitively stops trying to be close to me. And then he pauses the movie and he's like, hey, like, I'm getting a feeling this is not, we shouldn't do this. Like, it's not meant to be. And I was like, okay. Anyway, basically... He was, he told me he was getting a feeling that God himself did not want him to be in this relationship with me and that God was telling him it was wrong. And then he asked me to pray with him, basically asking a blessing on me that I'll be able to find someone. 
he was so good in oh I thought he was good intentioned actually I should change that because the next day he texts me and asks me to meet up with him and I was like okay so we went and we talked <laughs> I was just curious at this point what he was going to say and what he told me was that the real that the reason that God told him that he wasn't supposed to be with me was because my boobs were too small <laughs> this is a true freaking story like hand on the bible this happened i'm actually downplaying it and i was sitting there we were walking through this park which is where he wanted to meet up and he's telling me that my boobs are too small among other things that are wrong with my body mind you but ever since he was a little kid he's been a boob guy he told <laughs> me a story about how when he was like a toddler he saw his mom naked in the bathroom and he like was like what are those and she's like my breasts i just always love boobs and i was just like are you telling me that the first time you were sexually attracted to boobs was your mom's boobs as a toddler i was so i was just appalled and then he kept on saying to me i'm so sorry to break your heart like let's call him billy billy Billy, my ex who was his roommate, who legit broke my heart. That's the story I'll tell next. He kept on saying, I'm so sorry to do to you what Billy did to you. I can't believe I'm doing this. And he just, like at this point, I kind of, I wish that I had stood up for myself more and been like, dude, are you on something? Like, what are you talking about? But I didn't. I just kind of sat there and I was like, okay, um, I'm going to go. But the thing that still bugs me to this day is that he has the mindset kind of that he came out on top. And that's what bugs me is that he was like, I just broke Haley's poor little baby angel heart and I just shattered it into a million pieces. And he thinks that he was the one who like broke my heart and that I just was so sad to be rejected by him when it's like a laughable situation. And it was also just rude like that's a jerk move I don't care who you are like he was just being a jerk and I didn't cry a single tear not one tear didn't even get like a little scratch in my throat nothing over that I was just in shock I was appalled and it was it just bugs me still that he thinks that he like broke my heart and he even texted me when I got engaged to Jacob no, he did not. Are you kidding? remember this? Yes, he literally did. He texted me when I got engaged to Jacob and he was like, because he, he called me Haley girl mm -hmm. and he texted me and he was like, who's the man who gets my Haley girl or something. And I was like, his name's Jacob. I didn't say anything else. I said, his name's Jacob. And he was like, is he worthy of you? Or said something like that. And I was just like, oh, and here's what I learned from this experience, ladies. Here's the takeaway. There's endearing weird and then there's weird weird I thought he was an endearing weird boy like he was a computer boy kind of a gamer boy you know really smart really knows all that stuff and I was like oh so endearing he's so weird <laughs> well okay there's endearing weird you can be like really techie and into all that stuff and there's a level of that but then if you he was just weird weird okay there's a social cog that was missing that's not the kind of weird you want to be with. So you can date cute weird. Don't date weird weird. He's a weird weird. Wish him the best. I think he's, oh no, he is married now. Happy for him. Scary boy. Who's the girl that gets to have you forever? I know. And why does he get to call me my? Yeah. My oh yeah. My Gary boy. 
ew there I feel like there are a lot of things wrong with this man primarily his obsession with your body and his inability to focus on anything else except for your boobs and other body parts and then the fact that he thinks he has some kind of possession or claim on you can we just say though too it's not like my boobs are the smallest boobs you've ever seen in your life they're fine (laughs) you know nothing again they're not they're not huge but like I'm I'm bigger than Kira Knightley okay your turn okay so my breakup story is not as hilarious or dramatic or sad as Haley and Gary's. Um, I most of the drama my li- drama in my life has not stemmed from dating. It's mostly self created. But I I dated someone for a couple of years, and then they were going to live abroad for a couple of years with little access to like email and texting and that type of thing. We were still going to be in touch and I was going to date other people, but we kind of see where things were when he returned home. While he was gone, we sort of started to fall out of touch and I started dating other people and eventually started really liking someone. And then out of the blue got a letter talking about, um, you know, the prospect of seeing each other when this person got home from their transatlantic adventure, realized that, you know, I hadn't maybe been as like, we just hadn't talked in so long and I hadn't really shared kind of where I was. The thing that was super interesting to me about Tyler's relationship with this person was that they were on good terms afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like they were still friends, you know, like when he finally did get home, you guys saw each other, Mm -hmm. even went out on like double dates he came home and I like this person like was my first you know like true love like I really loved and cared a ton about this person so once he got home you know we like had what I would consider and I don't know maybe he's listening to this and he's like she's got it all wrong we'll bring him on and do an interview <laughs> what's your perspective <laughs> oh, just kidding um but we we had like this really good conversation and it was hard. Like I was already dating Nate and I knew I loved Nate and I could see a future with him, with Nate. Not, what did I name this person? Did I name him anything? Anyways, but we were able to remain friends. I think just because we both really, really cared about each other. And because I had kind of started developing feelings for somebody else, if that makes sense. Like, I think if we had both kind of still been into each other and then tried to move on, um, that would have been a lot harder, but I had already kind of moved on. And anyway, so yeah, we were able to remain on good terms, which I think is rare. So I feel lucky. I feel pretty lucky about that. But he ended up getting married pretty quickly after. So I don't think it was, I wasn't that hard to get over. All right. So moving on we have decided that we are going to cut out the Billy story for now. Our, our cries and the breakups that we've talked about so far have taken a little bit longer than we thought. And the Billy story um, is a little lengthy. So if you guys are interested in hearing about that story, it's a brutal breakup story. And if you're interested, we can talk about it another time. Um, but today we're going to skip that and we're going to just jump right into 
the story submissions. Um, Ty, do you want to start off with the first one? Yeah. Story number one. I was 15 years old and have been dating this guy. Let's call him Jonas for about a year now. He was definitely cheating on me the whole time, but I was pretty naive to it. Eventually, he told me we should take a break so he could work on himself. We all know what that really means. He still hurt someone and his actions have consequences. And he was having real douchey behavior. So I am so sorry to whoever, whosever story this is. That is horrible. I would, I would call, I would, I would accidentally call Jonas's last name, Jonas Dick, and I wouldn't even apologize for it. (laughs) Not even going to say sorry for that one. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say. This just sucks. Okay. Ready for story number two. It says, I was trying to break up with my girlfriend, keyword being trying in my senior year of high school. We were technically not dating anymore, but still kind of involved, and I was just trying to distance myself every day from her. One particular school day, she would not let me leave the parking lot. She was hanging on my passenger window, begging me not to leave. After numerous times telling her I was leaving and to get off my car, I put the car, the car in gear and slowly began to back out of my parking spot. She was still standing there, begging me not to leave and crying or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so much compassion. She was crying or whatever. And then she started yelling, saying I ran over her foot. I never actually thought I ran over her foot, right? I'm curious. He doesn't, this person doesn't say how they responded after she started telling him that he ran over her foot. Like, I'm curious if they just drove away or if they. I mean, it sounds like it, right? Like, I never actually thought I ran over her foot, dot, dot, dot. Okay, the story continues. The next day, she shows up to school with a freaking foot brace, and she tells the whole school I ran over her foot. However, she was a pretty good soccer player, and after school, when she had soccer practice or games, she would just lace up her cleats and play full speed. (laughs) The brace would come right off. Um, I was bamboozled, to say the least. Good word choice. This is just one of many things she did for my attention and to try to keep me under her spell. The counselors knew how crazy she was. She had been to the counselors plenty of times simply just to cry and crap on me because I had broken up with her. Um, The counselors called my parents and told them I could miss the last six weeks of senior year to avoid being around her if I wanted. She was crazy. This story, man, what a person. What do you think? I think that you know they're actually crazy if the school counselor is telling you that you don't have to come to school for six weeks. Yeah, that is, yeah, this is one of those things where it could be really, like, like, there are times where people are like, oh my gosh, like, she's so crazy, and it's because, like, she texts too much, you know, and they need to, like, grow a pair and let the person know that they would prefer to receive less text messages or something like that, you know, like, poor communication or any of those types of things become reasons to call someone crazy, but in this situation, this is, like, a legitimate, like, this person, this person needs some, some help. Yeah, I think, cause I, I really honestly hate the narrative of like, oh, she's just crazy. She's crazy. And because I think that people say that as a way to justify treating people badly. Hmm. So they're like, oh, I, well, I'm being a jerk to them because they're crazy. So I, I hate it when people use that as an excuse. So there's that, but then there's also literal psycho behavior lying manipulating like it sounds like she was kind of trying to turn 
people against him. Yeah. I would imagine this did a number on uh, the person who was yeah. on the other end of this relationship. Yeah. So she, she legit sounds a little crazy. Yeah. And I say that with, you know, the utmost compassion. I hope that she has a really good therapist and, you know, takes medication and is doing well. Hope her foot is okay. <laughs> Here we go. Story number three. So after going out with this guy for only like two weeks, he asked me to be his girlfriend. It kind of caught me off guard. So I said, yes. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that I didn't really know him at all. And also I didn't want to date him. The very next day I went over to his house to break up with him. I thought it wouldn't be that big of a deal since we'd only known each other for two weeks and we'd only been quote dating for literally 12 hours. Big mistake. The dude immediately started sobbing like loud, full body sobs and proceeded to tell me how much I just ruined his life. <laughs> I think the first words out of his mouth were literally, are you kidding me? Well, that's just great. He continued having this mantrum for three hours. Sadly, this is not an exaggeration. While I sat there and listened and tried my best to comfort him, because at that point in my life, I didn't know how to stand up for myself, which isn't your fault, okay? We, none of us knew how to stand up for ourselves. We're all learning. Uh, he continued to make so many targeted comments to make me feel bad for what I'd done to him and his family. <laughs> until I finally was just like, I have to go. I also think it's important to note that this dude was like 24 years old. <laughs> In the story, this person says, he continued having this man tantrum for three hours. And I think we just coined the phrase mantrum. Oh my gosh, did I just combine those together? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's a mantrum. I, I literally thought that though. Like when I first read the story, I was like, mantrum. A man tantrum. We'll call it a mantrum. The the visual for me, where they say the first thing they said is, "Are you kidding me?" Well, that's just great. Like that is an ick. That is a huge ick. Also, how uncomfortable. Full body sobs. I just totally agree. <laughs> In case anyone is wondering, it's not because I don't think men should cry. I think it's lovely that this person was in touch with their. <laughs> A, you know, sensitive side and able to cry. I'm just a little bit confused how dating for literally 12 hours led to full body sobs. Yeah. And also the accusation of what she had done to his family. Oh my gosh. That's the best part. I can't believe what you've done to my family. Poor guy was probably under a ton of pressure to get married. Like it was, he was probably under so much familial pressure to get married. And so not only was she letting him down, but he, she was also letting down like great aunt Lucy or something that was invested in his love life. We just make up a whole backstory for this guy where we're like, poor aunt Lucy, she's on her deathbed. She's never going to get to see her little baby married. <laughs> Can't believe what she did to his family. So rude. Okay. Story number four. I was dating the nicest guy, but just felt like there was some sort of X factor missing. I broke up with him. And then for some reason I pulled my carrier. <laughs> I pulled my karaoke mic from under my bed and I made him sing a song. <laughs> He's literally the nicest guy, so he obliged. The song was Church. <laughs> I was here. And it was fairly popular at the time, so he sang that as we both laughed with slightly teary eyes. LOL, it made no sense. I still constantly wonder how he's doing. Okay, I'm just going to be honest with this listener. That's a little weird. <laughs> Put the mic away. 
if that is an impulse, I think maybe you should keep it out of reach where it's not so easily accessible in a moment of panic. <laughs> Put it on the top shelf where you really have time to think about it before you grab it. I wish that I could hear this story from his perspective as well. That would be so funny. What a, what a, what a nice guy that they both slightly have teary eyes. <laughs> That's a rendition of... Take me to church. Like <laughs> This is so funny. Story number five. This is a very long story, so I'll try to keep it as short and sweet as possible. My senior year of high school, I started dating the captain of the baseball team. Red flag. Just kidding. I have nothing against baseball players, except maybe. At this point, he was graduated, but I was still a senior. He was so sweet and treated me like an absolute queen. We had so much fun together and spent most of our time cuddling and laughing. Occasionally, I would get a follow request on Instagram from a random girl, and she would say that was his crazy ex-girlfriend trying to stalk him and to just block all of these random girls. Apparently, his ex-girlfriend was next-level crazy. She cheated on him a bunch and later admitted she cheated, so I naturally really didn't like her. He and I spent every waking minute together. We went to church together, funerals, weddings, everything. We hung out 24-7. While we were dating, he really wanted a forerunner, so like two weekends out of the month, he would go look at a forerunner with his dad, and that was the special time he had to spend with his dad. One day, I got another follow request, follow request from another fake account his ex-girlfriend had made. I got so bugged and messaged her that I know it's her and to grow up and leave me alone. She got mad and we exchanged some insults. Then I blocked her and that was that. Later that day, me and him are hanging out at my house and laughing, having a nice time when we see a car pull up out of the window. My ex immediately looks panicked and I'm like, who is that? And he is like, you better run. What? That is my ex and she is going to beat you up. I was <laughs> terrified. <laughs> I was I was terrified and ran out the back door. I'm sorry, it's not funny to get beaten up. I'm just imagining this man who's shopping for a forerunner who <laughs> tells his girlfriend that he's not gonna protect her and he, she better run. I ran out the back door. His ex-girlfriend chased me out the door and punched me in the face. Then my now ex-boyfriend came and pulled her off of me. Then he explained that he ev never actually broke up with her and they had been dating for three years. To say I was shocked was an understatement. See, now this just sucks. We literally spent 100% of our time together. Turns out when he would go look at forerunners with his dad, he was actually driving an hour away to see her. I'm still so shocked and confused on how they pulled that off and it is by far my most insane and worst breakup story. That is the only fight or physical altercation I have ever been in, but it definitely hurt me way more emotionally than physically. And then she says, Love the pod, XOXO. We love you. How tender is that that she just ended this horrible story with a little love note to the cry club? Honestly, that, it made me feel so happy. And I feel really attached to this girl now. She mm -hmm. loves the pod and she called it a pod, which what? is so cool. So cute, a little pod. So cute, just like a little baby. You just hold it in your little hand, our little cry club pod. But when I was reading this, I was thinking about what you said earlier about crazy and how usually people use that word when they're trying to excuse bad behavior. And that is exactly what this person does in this story. So he is saying that this ex-girlfriend is crazy, crazy. She's so crazy, next level crazy. And it was all to excuse his bad cheating behavior. And he used the perfectly innocent forerunner as his scapegoat. That is rude. Yeah. 
Toyota had nothing to do with this. Leave her out of it. Can we just talk about, for a second, women need to stop hating women when it is a man's fault that they hate each other. She should have been running in there to punch him in the face. The yes. other girl had no idea. It was not her fault. Yeah, so it's it's not your fault that he cheated on you and you should not have been the one that got punched in the face. He should have been the one. Yeah, it's just it's just outrageous and we love you and we're so sorry you got cheated on. That is devastating and we hate him. And we and we hope that you've talked to somebody about this because this would be a really traumatic experience. Although this is the person that said that said they now share this story at parties. Oh my gosh, see okay, they've coped with this way better than I would have. Yeah, good for you. That would have been like a deep, dark page in my diary. So, okay, so story six. The person says, so I had been going on dates with a guy for just about a month. He was a little bit of a weirdo, but for some reason I thought he was so attractive. So I just kept going out with him. We hadn't even kissed or anything. And at the end of our dates, he would act like he was leaning in to kiss me. And then he would just kiss my hand or my forehead and whisper in my ear, not yet. Ew, immediately already grossed out. Um, I said that, not her, by the way. She continues on, that should have been my first red flag, but I thought, aw, he's being sweet and wants it to be special when we kissed for the first time. <laughs> One night he called me asking if we could go for a walk to talk about, quote, where we were at. So I go on this walk with him and he proceeds to ask me if I can see us working out long term. I answered honestly with, I don't know if I can answer that since... We've only been going out a few weeks, and I need a little bit more time to explore. He responds with, See, that's what scares me. I don't know if I see eternity. And then he goes on to say how since he's the patriarch of the relationship, he's the one who can receive revelation about his future wife and family. At this point, I've made a swift U-turn back to my car. <laughs> I was honestly just a little bit in shock, and he keeps going off about patriarch stuff. He then has the audacity to say he feels bad about breaking my poor tender heart and asks for one more, quote, amazing hug. <laughs> I was stiff as a board, but he went in for it anyways. I then proceed to open my car door to get the H out of there, and he goes, oh, let me get that for you, and slams my finger in the car door. It was purple for two weeks, and every time I looked at it, I couldn't help but think of my poor tender heart and finger. <laughs> This story makes me feel sick to my stomach. I know you hate this word, but it makes me want to vomit. Agreed. I also hate this story so much. And also, for anyone out there wondering what he's talking about when he's saying he's the patriarch and he receives revelation, this was a good Christian boy talking about how God would tell him who his wife was. And apparently God was telling him that this girl was not the girl for him. And only he was, would be able to communicate with God in that way. Right, because why Why would God talk to the woman in the relationship? Obviously, obviously would only communicate with, with the man since uh, he's so superior. Yeah, God hates women. He didn't even like, he, he didn't even make us or anything. Yeah. <laughs> I laugh because of how disgusting it is. I laugh so I don't cry when yeah. reading this story. Um, okay. And as much as I feel pissed at this human, I also, I feel more pissed that he is the product of 
a like system and culture that made him this way. I can't hold him solely responsible because if he grows up in in a culture that teaches him that he is superior, then what more are we supposed to expect from him than for him to think that he is in fact superior? So parents everywhere, let's teach our children better. Yeah, we can do better than this. And this just reminds me, Tyler discovered who Andrew Tate was for the first time this week. And this has Andrew Tate vibes all over it. It's horrible. Story number seven. She says, when I was a college student, I unexpectedly got pregnant. I was three months pregnant. Why did that sound so weird? I was three months pregnant when my boyfriend, the father of my baby, told me he, quote, just wanted to be friends. Um, that ship has sailed, buddy. Yeah, like maybe probably exactly about three months ago, he should have thought of that. First off, the excuse that you just want to be friends, lame, okay? And I hope that things went well for you, Andrew B. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what this girl said to him, how she responded to that. Can she be like, no, no. Okay, story number eight. When I was a teenager, I dated someone who I'll call Wade. When we first started dating, he bought a bunny. He brought a bunny to our Sunday church service as a gift to me. Odd, but a nice gesture, I guess. I named him Wadey. Cringe. By the way, she said that, not me. We went to a camp together later that summer, a camp that I talked Wade into attending, where I met another guy and ended up spending my entire time with my new crush. Wade was so upset that he gave me the silent treatment. Each time I saw him after this, he would clench his fists and growl. To make matters worse, I left my little brothers in charge of my bunny when I left for college. I got a call one day from my brother saying he went to feed Wadey that morning to find bits of furs where Wadey used to live. Apparently, my bunny's life ended just like me and Wade's relationship. Oof. I'm wondering how old she was when this happened, though. Because she says when we first started dating, I'm like, is that, is that like middle school dating? Like, is that like... We would sit by each other at lunch. He brought me a bunny because that's how they flirted type of a thing. Because if so, I feel like that's a lot more excusable to go to a camp and kind of have another crush and want to spend time around them. You're just a little kid, you know, but if you were like 18 when this was happening and he thought of you as his girlfriend, then it gets a lot cringier. Okay, story nine. When my boyfriend and I broke up, I found out that he only started dating me in the first place so that he could spend more time with my best friend. Did he tell you this? I need more details about this story. Did he tell you that he only started dating you because he was into your friend? Or how did you find out? Like, that sounds messy and that would be so hurtful. Yeah, and how long were you dating before you broke up? And did he tell you this, like you were saying, or did he tell your friend this? And then your friend told you, which in that case, that becomes a friend problem. Wish we could ask all these questions. <laughs> Please respond to our episode. Okay, you're up next. Story number 10. Once I broke up with a guy and then tried to set him up with my sister. Genuinely, I thought they would get along. Needless to say, he was not thrilled and turned down the offer. His loss, my sister is a catch. <laughs> what a great sister. <laughs> oh, this one's so funny. I actually know someone um, who 
they started out dating one member of a family and then they broke up and then started dating the older sister of that person and they got married how how long were they dating the younger i don't know but i feel like family reunions at the beginning of that would have been really awkward yeah i actually know a friend from high school too who like they they were never dating but she was makeout buddies with this kid in high school and then she married his older brother okay wow wow yep no thanks all right story number 11 my freshman year at college i met a guy who quickly became a good friend of mine he was sweet and down to earth and totally inexperienced with girls we were friends for years until eventually we started hanging out one-on-one more and he asked me out i knew this was a big deal for him and i was flattered because he was such a nice guy one night after a date we went back to my apartment to watch a movie in quotation marks near the end of the movie he pulls the big move of the night and kisses me i think it was his first kiss it was going pretty well for about the first minute and then he got braver He tried some sucking moves on my lips, but seeing as it was his first kiss, he was unfortunately out of his depth. He went so hard that when he left, my lips were bruised a deep purple color (laughs) and were swollen to twice their usual size. (laughs) I looked like Randall's assistant from Monsters, Inc. after he stuck in the screen machine. Now you may be asking, why didn't you pull away or stop the sucking if it was literally bruising you? I was asking myself that same question the entire night. All I have to say is that people pleasing is a sickness. I actually dated him for a while longer because I thought I could teach him, if you know what I'm saying. He was just such a nice guy, but eventually I had to pull the plug because I was scared I was going to lose my lips. I didn't have the heart to ever tell him why. Oh my gosh. The part that got me on this was that I looked like Randall's assistant from Monster Sync. Is that the one that's the um big orangey yellow dude? Do you know who I'm talking about? No, it, it's like the little round guy who like has glasses. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Stuck yeah. in the machine and he's like <laughs> and then when he pulls away, it's like his face is all pale and his lips are all purple and We'll have to post a picture of that on our story or something Yes, as a reference. Oh gosh, that's just too, too good. I like how this person um, added, you may be asking, like they preempted the response from the audience and then people pleasing is a sickness. Like how many times have you sat through something that was excruciatingly painful because you didn't have the heart to tell someone that it made you uncomfortable? With dating especially. This happens all the time. Like, especially, I think, with girls in particular, the way that girls flirt is just by being really people-pleasing. Like, you laugh at everything they say, even if it's not funny. Why do we do that? Maybe we should start a movement. Don't laugh if it's not funny. It is It is a sickness. What a perfect way to put it. Maybe we'll do a whole episode on people-pleasing moments. Story number 12. My freshman year of college, I was so excited to date and I immediately noticed a guy in our apartment complex who was deceivingly cute, meaning he was handsome on the outside but actually turned out to be so crazy in the end. Looking back, I should have realized that a guy who wears white dad tennis shoes unironically with jeans is a walking red flag. (laughs) Anyway, he started to say things that 
cued me into his craziness. For example, one day I was done with homework and he still had stuff to do, so I turned on a show. He promptly turned to me and said, you know, there are better ways to use your time, like doing some family history or fighting human trafficking. Um, I'm sorry, what? Another time we were watching a scary movie and I said, holy Moses, after a jump scare. He paused the movie and said, please don't say that. It's disrespectful. I was stunned. You get the picture. I decided it was time to break up with him precisely at the same moment that he decided to share his 13-page family plan that had a bullet point list of all the ways he was going to make sure his kids were obedient and that he was successful. He told me that he wanted me to be a part of this plan. Side note, we had been dating for less than a month. I promptly told him that I would not be a part of his family plan, thank you. He was so confused why I would break up with him. Poor guy. We still went to the same church meeting every week, and he never talked to me or even made eye contact with me again for the rest of the year. Honestly, I was glad. Girl, you dodged a bullet. Oh, oh my gosh. my gosh. I just, I know this is real, and I can believe that it happened, but at the same time, like, I just don't want to, you know? Like, I... Like, kind of like the one earlier about the guy who was receiving revelation for his date. Like, come on. How many more girls have that same story because the first girl didn't say anything, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then this last story, you should have told him. You broke up with him because he's weird. It's like earlier when you were saying that there's like cute, quirky, weird, and then there's just weird, weird. And scolding someone for saying holy Moses after a scary part in a movie is just weird weird i don't know i feel like a certain level of pity for this guy who made a 13 page plan i was gonna say don't don't make a 13 page plan but you know if you want to do that just hide it (laughs) if the 13 page plan is your vibe wait till you found someone that talks about hey i would love to discuss a future family plan with you when you're talking about like maybe having a family together not when you've known them for less than four weeks Also, I would add on to that, maybe also wait until they say, hey, I want to make a family plan, and I think maybe we should type it up. And it should maybe be, like, over 10 pages. Yeah, or be like, hey, I have this 11-page family plan. I know it's really weird, but do you have anything like that? You know, that's your cue. That's your moment. When a girl says that, that's your time to shine. Until then, put it in a back drawer. Save it for that girl. For that lucky, lucky lady. Okay, story 13. Long story short, we dated over a year. I thought we were going to get married. He put off deciding where he wanted to go with the relationship until I was forced to break up with myself for him because he was too conflict avoidant to do it himself. Haley, I feel like you have some strong feelings about this. Yes, I do have strong feelings about this. When me and Tyler were talking about this before we started recording the episode, She was like, do you think it's a typo? Like, what is this person saying? And I was like, it's not a typo. I totally understand what this person's saying because I've been through this. Um, it, It means that they would not make a decision and eventually the girl reached a point that was like, well, no decision is a decision. If you won't choose yes or no, not making a decision for a long enough time is a no. The decision is made for you. So basically what she was saying is that she had to end the relationship, but she is not the one who wanted to break up. So she felt like she had to break up with herself for him because he was being a coward. 
Yes, I, I, that explains it super, super well. And that sounds like a horrible breakup experience when you want to be with the person they don't want to necessarily be with you or won't commit to being with you. And then you have to make the best choice for yourself, you know, and like, that's a brave decision to make. That's brave to put yourself first and to break up with someone who isn't going to put you first or value you for, you know, who you are. I'm so brave. We're both so brave. Me and this girl, whoever she is. Okay. Story 14. They say, one time I was dating a guy and losing interest. He was nice, but I just wasn't vibing with him. The straw that bo broke the camel's back was the wallpaper on his phone. <laughs> a picture of a statue of a Native American on our college campus. The man in the statue is shirtless and just has a loincloth on. One time we were having lunch together between classes and I saw the wallpaper on his phone and said something like, Oh, that's interesting. Why'd you pick that for your wallpaper? To which he responded, deadpan, oh, he's my body inspo. <laughs> I burst out laughing because I thought he was joking. But then he looked really sad and was just like, well, I just really appreciate how his body is a result of a lifestyle and not just like working out at a gym. <laughs> I tried so hard to pull myself together and be like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. But my face was turning red from trying so hard not to laugh. I felt awful. He probably felt dumb. And the next time we talked, I told him I didn't think this was going to work out. Okay, so do you think this is a situation where she should have been like, hey, I don't think this is going to work out. And the primary reason is because of the wallpaper on your phone? Or is this one where it was just best to uh, to let it be what it was? I think that this one, maybe this one is just best to let it slide. Like, it sounds like if this girl was mostly just losing interest, like, she was like, no, he's nice, but I'm just not vibing. Like, it doesn't sound like other than this incident, he did anything atrocious. Mm. So maybe let it slide. But that's really weird wallpaper. It's so weird. And, like, borderline inappropriate. Like, first off, I would like to understand the circumstances of why there was a Native American on this college campus. Like, were the circumstances appropriate? And then, like... Yeah having a picture of him idolizing his body. I don't know. Yeah, well, I actually know what university this statue is on, and it doesn't seem appropriate. Okay, well, see. And then also just any any idealization of people's bodies. I just think we should stop that. Let's not do that anymore. That's the thing is that I know that for a lot of gym bros, that's not an absurd thing to do, to keep body inspo as, or like a quote or something as their background on their phone to remind them what their goal is. That is not the only, like I've heard of other guys doing that. The thing is, is that it was a statue of a Native American man. There's just something about it that just really rubs me the wrong way. I can't, I can't explain it. Okay, story 15. I had known him for years and then we were very involved, but he ghosted me after I got into a bad car accident and started struggling with my classes because I was too much to deal with. See, these are the ones that just make me feel sad that, man, what a horrible thing to have to experience. And I hope you ended up dating someone lovely who made you feel supported and loved. Yeah. And this is especially sad because I feel like this is the whole reason that we started the podcast. Like that's our whole thing is we hate the you're too much idea because it's not true you're not too much and 
your suffering, the things that you are going through, is not about anyone else but you. And it's so selfish of other people to try and make you feel bad for what you're going through, to turn one more thing on you and make your suffering your fault. It's not your fault. And I'm so sorry that you got in a car accident. I'm even more sorry that you were struggling afterwards and that rather than support, you got blamed. That was a really good way to put it, though. So that was the last story that we have for this episode. Um, We didn't read all the stories that were submitted. So if you submitted a story and it wasn't read here, keep submitting. We want to get to everyone and their stories at some point. I think that's it for our episode. It for episode four. Thanks for your support. Okay, so you can follow us on Instagram at the Cry Club Podcast. Send us an email, uh, Cry Club Podcast at Gmail. Uh, what else do we got? Um, oh, you can. The link in our bio allows you to access all of the platforms where you can listen to our episodes: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. And that's where you can also submit stories as we do more story submission-based episodes. Yeah, and honestly, we would not be mad if, you know, you saw us post on Instagram, saw us post a story about our episodes, wouldn't be mad if you shared that or reposted it at all. Wouldn't be wouldn't be angry about it. Not even a little. So, if you have time, subscribe, rate and review. We are always happy to hear from you guys and we want to hear from everyone. And we especially like to hear from you if if you're in a, in a good mood and uh, feeling generous and <laughs> would like to share something kind <laughs> oh go ahead if you want to call us the pod that's a newfound love of ours too yeah the little baby pod feel free to call us the pod and say xoxo love the pod okay we'll see you next week and oh.